Did you know around 600,000 people in South Korea suffer a stroke every year? Formerly, uh, we would think of symptoms affecting mostly the elderly, but according to the Health Insurance Review and Assessment Service, the number of patients in the adolescence suffering strokes rose about 50% over just three years. It's the fourth leading cause of disability and death in this country and second worldwide, but it is largely preventable these devastating effects world stroke day made to raise awareness about the symptom and spread precaution measures the fact that that took place earlier this week we wanted to speak with professor valerie fagan director of the national institute for stroke and applied neurosciences at auckland university of technology considered one of the world's most influential scientists thank you so much for joining us my pleasure good morning yeah, good morning to you. I, actually, very recently, a, a friend of mine was talking about how she rushed her husband to hospital after noticing the signs of stroke, and he's making what looks like a full recovery now. It, it seems like awareness really does save lives. Yes, awareness um, has two components. Uh, one is for people who are developing signs of stroke. They need to rush to the hospital as soon as the signs appear. That could really help them to recover completely, like in the case of your friend. And the other important side of the stroke awareness is preventative side. To prevent stroke before it happens. This is a very, very important component of the stroke awareness campaign this year. Let's talk a little bit more about what a stroke is before we try to better understand how it can be prevented. I understand it's similar to cardiovascular disease in the sense that it's connected to blood flow, clotting, and ultimately um, what happens when the brain is deprived of that blood and oxygen. Similar, but not exactly, because a stroke can not only be ischemic, which is about 80-85% of all strokes, but could also be hemorrhagic or bleeding in the brain or the area around the brain. That's what we call uh, hemorrhagic strokes. So in a sense, it's more diverse disease than ischemic heart disease. But are the causes similar to heart disease? Similar, but the significance of the risk factors, for example, elevated blood pressure or hypertension is different. For stroke, it is about 20 to 30 percent more significant as a risk factor than for ischemic heart disease or heart attack. And you've got this stroke riskometer. How does that work? Yeah, this year, World Stroke Awareness uh, Day is uniquely inclusive of primary prevention of stroke. And the slogan for this campaign is, don't be the one because the most recent research of the Global Burden of Disease study showed that one in four of us will develop stroke in our lifetime. So the campaign is don't be the one of those four people, because you can really prevent stroke. And to prevent stroke most efficiently on the individual level, this is exactly what the Stroke Riscometer app is for because it tells the person or the user about his or her personal risk of having a stroke within the next five to ten years. It informs them 
about risk factors that account for the increased risk of stroke for that particular person and how to control those particular risk factors for that person. So it's a, a very motivational tool, and it's not only about preventing stroke. If people will follow these recommendations, they will also prevent heart attacks, ischemic heart disease, dementia, diabetes, even some types of cancer. That sounds wonderful. Can you give us some broad advice? I know that we can't do a full measurement for every one of our our listeners, but maybe there are some general common tips that we could put into play. Yeah, for adolescents, it's not really accurate because they have rather different risk factors than adults. So the stroke riskometer is based largely on the Framingham uh, Stroke Study, and it's for people from 20 to 90 plus years. Uh, So children are not included. But the risk factors, lifestyle risk factors, for example, um, similar for children and adults. We just don't know exactly the numerical quantitative contribution to the risk of stroke. That's why the estimates are likely not to be accurate for children. But the lifestyle risk factors are similar across all cardiovascular disease. It is um, a low physical activity, poorly balanced diet, excessive salt intake, excessive alcohol intake, smoking, excessive body weight, overweight, or even obesity. So those um, risk factors are common across all cardiovascular diseases, including children. But if you are overweight, for example maybe even quite obese or very obese. Can you really reduce your risk in a hurry? Uh, Not in a hurry. (laughs) You know, all these lifestyle risk factors, they're simple to understand, but uh, far more difficult to manage. And this is one of the distinctive features of the stroke riskometer, because it motivates people to do something about their lifestyle risk factors. And the motivation is provided through not only absolute risk of stroke or cardiovascular disease, which is quite low for the 80% of the population, but through showing them their relative risk, the risk of having a stroke compared to someone of their age, sex, and ethnicity without any additional risk factors. And this risk is elevated in the greater majority of people. And naturally, people who have their risk elevated two, three, four, ten times compared to someone of their age without any additional risk factors, they uh, start questioning why I have an increased risk. Mm -hmm. So they can see their risk factors. And then the next question, how can I control my risk factors? How can I reduce my risk? And that inclusive of um, excessive body weight. And there are recommendations. All recommendations in the app are based on the American Heart Association and other international well-recognized guidelines for uh, primary stroke and cardiovascular disease prevention. So they are all evidence-based. And the app, I must say, was uh, fully validated against other algorithms. Well, that's encouraging to hear, but we do often hear of cases of heart disease and and strokes in 
apparently fit people, people who are relatively slim, even who say they have a good diet. Can we really make sure we aren't the one, or even doing everything right? Can it still happen? Yes, the, you may be surprised, but most people do not know risk factors for stroke and cardiovascular disease. We did a special survey, and I think there was a survey in South Korea also about awareness of risk factors. The awareness is very low. So I really encourage everyone, adult, to download the app, which is free, completely free, and check what the risk factors are and whether they have any of the risk factors because they may be quite well surprised to find out even people who believe they are fit and perfectly healthy, they may find out and be surprised that they have risk factors. So that's stroke riskometer. We are almost out of time, Professor Fagan, but I'd like to just finish with the symptoms themselves because... As we started with the example of of life-saving quick action, a face drooping on one side, numbness on one side, these are often things we're told to look out for. Is there anything else that you'd like to highlight? Yes, speech uh, difficulty, difficulty understanding of others, sudden onset, that's a key feature of all stroke symptoms, difficulty, sudden onset difficulty, swallowing, vision difficulty, particularly double vision, They're all symptoms of um, um, stroke happening. Well, Professor Valerie Fagan at Auckland University of Technology, it's been a pleasure having you with us on the line. I'm sure many of us will, for free, now take this opportunity to check out the app Stroke Riskometer. And uh, thanks again for joining us. Thank you very much. My pleasure.